is excellent in all of its ways. That there is no flaw in your word. And we receive that excellence. The engrafted word within us. And we thank you for it Lord in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 So today we're going to talk about uh, the fact that you must put your faith in the seed. Put your faith in the seed. Put your faith in the seed. In Mark eleven twenty two, we're exhorted to have faith in God. Mm-hmm. Have faith in God. <clears throat> and then Jesus continues with this teaching. He said, truly I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain. Mm-hmm. Say. Mm-hmm. Shall say. To this mountain be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things he says shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he says. He says also that when you stand praying believe that you receive it and you'll have it. Those things that you desire at the time that you pray believe that you receive it and you'll have it when you pray you must have faith in the seed your words are seeds and you have must have total confidence that everything that you need that you desire is already received because that seed is within you the seed of God's word must be planted in your heart. With the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth he confesses unto whatever he desires. You see. So there's a heart mouth consistency that must be met. That's the requirement. So that doubt is not involved in there. What is believed in your heart must find its way to your mouth and expressed through your confession. What we believe we eventually say. I don't care if you run around here tight lipped so that you think you fool all the saints and believe in your super spiritual. But what's in your heart eventually gets expressed. And so the challenge then for believers, you and I know this. Is to make sure that that word gets grafted in your heart. And there's a war over that. We know that. There are certain words that we don't want to hear. Because we think those things are not for us. Or we think we don't want those things in life. We think that uh, you know they, they don't fit in with our image of who we say we are. And so we will fight that word from getting grafted in. Got me? You just reject it. Push it away. Don't. Now we don't do it consciously. Sometimes it's a matter of habit. Strongholds that are built up on the inside of us. That push certain things away. Push certain words out. And we don't want to hear them. We don't want to receive them. We don't want to believe that they can be a part of our lives. But I'm telling you. The more word you hide in your heart. The richer your life will be. You fight to let that word in, not to keep it out. Life is easier if the word is hidden in your heart. The Bible says you do it so you won't sin against God. 
in your thought life, in your words, and in your deeds. You, you want to stay pure. And so that's why you fight to hold on to the word and keep it grafted in. Don't let it slip away. The devil does enough of that on his own. And circumstances will do that. Will fight you so that the word doesn't get grafted in the way it's supposed to. It's in there solid. Many times the testings we go through are to, to give us an opportunity to make that decision. Are you really believing God or is this just lip service? And so we will, we will <clears throat> find that this seed is very much fought over. This seed that God wants to plant on the inside of us so that it can bear much fruit. So that it can protect us, can save us, can heal us, can make us whole. This word will do everything because the word is the son of God dwelling on the inside of us. And so we cannot separate that life of the seed from the written word of God. It's all the same thing. It starts out written. And as we listen to it, and as we meditate on it, it becomes alive on the inside of us. We give it life by what we, how we process it, and how we respect it, and what we do with the Word of God. So, uh, the Lord was sharing with me how people skip over the importance of putting their confidence in the seed. Many times we'll pray about things and then our confession negates our prayer because we haven't really understood what's in the seed. Once you plant that seed through your prayer, that seed has everything in it that that is needed for that response to come. The response really is in the seed. What you're looking for as a harvest is already on the inside of that seed. And many times a seed is treated poorly because we despise that seed. It's, nest, it's, it's totally human to despise small things. To despise the beginnings of things. To despise how it starts out. To not treat uh, how it starts out with respect and with dignity. And, and, and it's because we don't believe everything that we need and that we're asking for is in that seed. We don't believe it's all in there already. Amen. I'll give you a good example. I've preached for years for people when we have meetings, conferences coming. What do I tell you to do? Sow your seed, get your seed in the ground. And how many people go... <laughs> Almost everybody. Because I never get 100% obedience. Or I get people sowing a week ahead of time. Putting it off, putting it off, putting off. Because you don't see what's in the seed. You think seed sowing is for people who don't make enough money to pay for it out of a paycheck. That's what you think. See, because you despise the seed. And I'm telling you, you miss it 99% of what God has for you because of your attitude toward the seed. See, if you sow the seed, if you have a bill that's behind, you think quick, fast, and hurry, let me get some seed in the ground so I can get something back from God, you miss it there too. Because your attitude about it's wrong. You watch how farmers, you are people who deal with plants and things of that nature. You watch how they handle 
plants like seedlings and and when they're very very delicate and the roots are very you watch how they handle them versus people who just want you know to see if if they can get some tomatoes this year they can get something this year you know you watch how a professional handles it who is an expert which is got what God's trying to teach us to be all of us versus a rookie somebody who's just starting out and the the uh, 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 lack of respect that we have for that seat because the person who handles it delicately and as though it's precious even in seed form or seedling form when it's just the shoot is just coming up recognizes the value of what it will grow into they see it already before it grows into that the person who doesn't understand the preciousness of these things and isn't really seeing it the way God wants them to see it is a person who will just kind of handle it a little rough and you know not really take care of oh I forgot to water it today oh my goodness you know well let me double up tomorrow and so forth and so on so people who see value in the seed will treat it that way you treat it valuably will treat it as though it's very very important they will treat it as though that whole entire harvest is already in there and all they have to do is tend it and let God do his thing so there's a very big difference folks in how we and we need to see this seed the way God sees it or we will not handle it appropriately eventually we'll lose all confidence in the seed time and harvest principle we'll lose it and when God is trying to put it in there to show us how his kingdom works how the world works how everything works down here everything that we need is in the seed so the Bible says that God placed seeds in the earth earth that reproduce after their own kind which means that a person who is skilled in the in husbandry or planting or so forth has the choice they choose what type of crop they desire and that's true of us we can choose what kind of crop we desire from God we can choose the results that we desire from him we just plant after the kind that he is telling us that we need in our lives many times the kind that we desire is not what we need so God has to direct us somewhat in the choosings that we choose sometimes we think we need more money and God will tell us well just pray for favor you know sometimes you'll find yourself not asking so much dollar amount you know which we've all been told that that's the way to get it and that is a way to get it if God says that's how you need to pray but there's so many ways for God to prosper us God showed me one time to pray for for a uh, hidden money and lost money I went on a website and found $400 like the first time my first thing popped up gave me $400 that belonged to me but never was paid to me by somebody that some bank or somebody like that that oh, I didn't even check to see who it was <laughs> to give us in my money is mine so we need to understand that God's ways are so high above our ways but we must have confidence in that seed in Genesis 8:22, we see that this principle will be here as long as the earth is here so it never seed 
time and harvest never goes out of style and that's the thing that I think hinders God's people so much in so many ways is that we think of seed sowing for people who don't have enough money to do what we can do out of a paycheck you see what I'm saying don't ever look at that as as something that's beneath you because that's your whole foundation it's beneath you but you got to use it it's your foundation whenever you have an opportunity to exercise your faith in the seat you must take it these are opportunities from God to help you to become proficient in in his ways so these are opportunities for you to increase your faith, develop your faith, make it stronger, make it more uh, uh, resilient and resistant against the enemy's pushback. All of those things, these are opportunities. They're not, they're not bringing you down to some level where you've graduated from already. I just remember so many people who started out, they'll say, well, when we started out our church we had a van that barely worked and we prayed for that van it always ran but then when they got money they quit praying for anything and they started using their influence on people and emotional appeals to get money which is never God Jesus didn't appeal to in fact I don't even remember him receiving an offering or asking for one you got me and so these emotional appeals are not what God designed as a way for his kingdom to work. You keep sowing emotion, you'll get a lot of people who, who give emotionally and then they'll just go to the next guy who has a bigger pitch than you do, you know, for that emotional appeal. And so we can't do things that way we have to do things according to his word in in genesis 8:22 while the earth remains seed time and harvest cold and heat summer and winter day and night shall not cease so you you sowing seed and watching it bring in the harvest that you desire is on the same level in God's eyes as the sun coming up and going down every day it's as consistent as that it's on that same level. So God will always honor seed. He will always honor tending seed. He will always produce what's in that seed consistently. Just as the day follows night, you can depend on God's uh, method of seed time and harvest to produce the desired results of God. He says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It won't return void. It always produces the word always produces it cannot help but produce after its own kind so if you're sowing healing word into your body that word first of all that word's going to affect how you think about your body it's the first place that word ministers it ministers in the soul of of the person that's issuing it out that word becomes a part of you that word is never apart from you it's always a part of you always I'll hear people say goofy things like well I can pray for other people to have money but but I don't get any well that's just crazy you know if that word came out of you it'll work for you too I don't know why you're thinking that 
you're above God's word somehow. You know, the devil will, will get you. Religion will make you so crazy and stupid it's pathetic. I've seen religion kill so many people that thought they had to work for God even though they were sick. You know, he don't need sick people. You know, I mean, wenting people. I put myself in the wenting category many times. But I wasn't sick. Not that I needed to be in a hospital or doctor or, you know, they carted me off somewhere after the service or something. Come on, folks. God, I mean, you've got to have more confidence in God than that. To become a servant, you know, what are you what are you ministering to people? What is your faith level? What it, what what can you give people if you don't trust him with you? Amen. Anyhow, but but you need to understand that that word is a double-edged sword. Yes. It cuts the individual, cuts the vessel that it's it's uh being spoken where it dwells and it also cuts into situations that that individual speaks into that's the economy of God's word you can't have faith in God's word without it producing in your life unless you you got to work real hard for that word not to bless your life and produce in your life but the devil will cause you to say crazy stuff like that to keep it from like 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 that's making you a super person or something right. you know and it's a way of lying to yourself you know it's saying i'm helping other people but you don't see it in my life because for some reason i'm different it doesn't happen for me it just happens i'm such a giver you know i just make it happen for everybody else and you know i'm such a sacrificial person it never happens for me and i'm fine with that well i ain't fine with it i'm not gonna be on a sick bed and say i can get other people healed that's just a lie of the devil i'm gonna get mine too (laughs) they say smith wigglesworth ministered he had uh, some kind of pain i think in his side toward the end of his ministry had it for many years and he would finish ministering to people and getting them healed he'd had a healing ministry for years and he had been healed when he was younger but for some reason that was a challenge for him and he never went to the doctor well that was his personal choice he wasn't accepting that sickness he was still working at getting to the root of it and getting his healing i think he eventually did but he had that that affliction off and on for for many years they said but he still he was able-bodied he just had that pain periodically and he finally was able to overcome that but you talk about somebody who's doing this without praying in tongues because i don't think they were spirit filled a lot of them back in that day i think they might have had an outburst of little you know sometimes but they were people who were deep in prayer but he kept in the spirit of god by referring to his bible constantly during the day he just read the scriptures over and over and over again and he stayed as close to god as he could but a lot of the stuff we understand about the power of the word about speaking the word and confessing the word those people didn't have that they were just laying the groundwork for something that was was to come for us at a later time many of them spoke in tongues but they said the spirit made them do it from time to time so they didn't have understanding and revelation of how this builds up your spirit and all of those kinds of things some of them did some of them didn't and so we have to understand that people work these things out according to their personal relationship with god was he afraid that he was going to die of course not 
he knew he was going to go to heaven if he did but this was something he had it was a challenge for his faith to get himself to the point where he could get that symptom totally out of his life and so we have to respect these things but you're not Smith Wigglesworth and neither am I. And when we get his track record with healings, then we can live like that. But but this thing about people being sick and infirm and being ignorant of how they get their healing is bogus. You can't have a healing ministry if you're ignorant of how to get, get people healed. This man was knowledgeable. He just hadn't come into that realm for himself on that level yet. But he was knowledgeable about the healing ministry. So it's, it's a difference when you work from knowledge and then when sometimes when you work outside of knowledge so make sure you're working in knowledge uh, when you're doing these things and there's certainly enough of it to go around so God's ways of seed time and harvest they are consistent with his uh, in his kingdom this is how his kingdom works his ways include the seed we said seeds reproduce after their own kind and in order to get the fruit or the results of the harvest, we must have faith in the seed. And God will test our faith through how we treat the seed. That's how we treat the seed is a test of our faith. Do we consider that seed precious and valuable, as valuable as the harvest? That's what we have to do. Many people just, you know, trample the seed underfoot and looking for the the goods all the time uh, we have to consider that seed precious in other words do you nurture that seed in your heart through meditating on it and holding it close and holding it dear faith must be exercised when that seed is sown you've got to believe that everything you need for that thing is in the seed and Jesus talked about the different stages of growth that the seed goes through. It says first the blade or that shoot that comes up. And then the ear. And then the full ear of corn on the stalk. All of those components are necessary for that ear of corn to come forth which has more seed in it. You got me? So when you think about answers to prayer they are cumulative there's seed also in that answer that you just got it wasn't just a raise it wasn't just a new car it wasn't just a bill paid but there was seed in that for your next challenge so you got to hold these things dear you know that's why I used to when I, anybody lives with me knows this uh, if I would if I was praying with someone in the household that that was you know under the ministry and learning if they got an answer to prayer I'd take them aside I said now do you understand how that happened do you know what you did to make that happen and everybody said yeah 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 ain't no don't know nothing you know what I'm saying everybody's running off with the with the bill paid or whatever all excited I would have got the saints to bless the car and you know and they don't understand deadly and so I would get them to stop and reflect on what happened and the steps that led to them receiving that right. and most people didn't have a clue 
because I'll tell you why. We don't respect the seed. Nobody tells you you've got to pay attention to what you sow. You must pay attention to that seed. You must pay attention when God tells you to add something to it. What did you water it with the last time? What did you do to make that thing push through the earth and bring forth that shoot and that plant? What did you do? And so these things are very important. Not only planting the seed, but tending the seed. You wouldn't go off and leave a little baby by itself. And say, I will come call me in 18 years. You know, you got my number. If you need anything, I'm here for you. Wow. Mm-hmm. Amen. You have to tend these things. Amen. And that seed should be just as much attached to you that way as, as a, a, a nursing baby is to its mother. That seed needs to be considered a part of you. You must consider that seed is coming from you. Being a part of you and depending upon you for its growth and for its success. So the seed must be considered a life force and precious. It must be considered alive. So we have to exercise faith that all the contents we need are in that seed when we sow it. The harvest... Is merely the fruit of the seed. But if you don't honor the seed. The harvest won't come. Or it won't come the way it's supposed to. Luke 8.11 tells us the seed is the word of God. Jesus explained that in the parable of the seed and the sower. Let me see if I need to turn over there. Luke chapter... Jesus has told this parable once to the disciples and he goes away to explain it to them in depth. This is something interesting about God's word. We can all sit under the word like we're doing now. But the ones that take it with them and meditate on it and ask God about it. Take notes. You can't do it if you're sleeping through it. You know, I it, it just amazes me how sleep will come on people when the word comes forth. I remember when that happened when I was a new Christian. And the Lord told me, he said, you don't, don't lay in the bed and try to read. Then you sit up and read like you did, you know, any other time. You, you got to get this inside of you because the enemy will try any excuse to keep you from hearing the word. I found that even if it was a, a not real good sermon, if I would sit there and take notes, the Holy Spirit will find me th- things that were important in what was being said because they were preaching his word. You know, these aren't people words these are God's words and so it's it pays off to honor the word of God it really does it pays tremendous benefits to always give it honor no matter who speaks it how many times you got to sit under it it's never same old same old there's there's always life on this word and so Jesus talks about the sower he says sower went out to sow his seed as he sowed some fell by the wayside was trodden down the fowls of the air devoured it and then we do that sometimes 
You know, if you don't bless your giving, you don't consider your giving, just write a check. It's like you stepped on it and just kept walking. You didn't honor it. You didn't speak over it. You didn't bless it. You didn't take care of it. You got me? So you have to be careful how you sow. Sowing is very important. Some fell on a rock. As soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And where does moisture come from? And what well, comes through the meditating process? Amen. That moisture, the moisture continues the process of breaking the hardness off of the word or the hardness off of the, the seed and allowing all of the components. You know, water is life. And so when water mixes in with the inner parts of the seed, their, their chemical reactions begin to happen that will begin to form different chains of molecules, etc., etc. So that, that watering has to do with meditating and nurturing that seed so it's not choked off because of. See? It springs up for a minute and then it withers away. It's like, you know what it's like, all of the fad teachings that go through the body of Christ. Everybody's, oh yeah, that's so good, it's so wonderful. And then after, after they've been excited about it and chatted about it with all of their Christian friends and so forth and so on, they're done with it. So it never gets to do in them what God intended it for them to do because it was never really planted deeply in their hearts. You know, there are some people who are Christians who are so insecure, they, they'd rather get the next new teaching from man than to de develop relationship with God. And really, all man can do is point you to God if he's doing you any good. See, my job is to enhance your relationship with God. It's not to take the place of your relationship with God. You got me? And so when we when we share back and forth here and, and, and the gift that God's given me opens up things in you, it's for you to take that with you to enhance your relationship with God. There's something you learned about him today. There's something that was precious that was deposited in you today that's going to help you to have greater fruit in your life and a better relationship with God. It's what it's for. And so we need all of it, folks. But we don't need this this fad thing where we go and buy all the latest books and all the latest music so we can say we heard this or we touched that. Or you have you heard so-and-so? You know about such and such and such and such. And then it just fades away. That's why some, some of our, our really, really good ministers, teachers, worship leaders, whatever, suffer that syndrome of you know you're up one day and down the next kind of thing some of the ones that were really great 15 20 years ago can barely make a living now because of of the way a lot of what they're doing is is pitched to people the way it's handled after it's out there and, and they're always telling them to come out with something next in six months so people don't forget about you you know they run they run music industries almost the same way in the world and in the church and so we have to uh, allow ourselves to incorporate these things into our very being incorporate them 
into our lives. I was speaking with someone that felt that they had to go and and get somebody's knowledge about this and not they're always seeking knowledge from somebody, you know. And I told him, I said, you know what? The reason you run around trying to get something somewhere else is because you don't value what God's already put in you. Amen. Amen. See? If you don't don't take what God's put in you you trample underfoot what you've got if it's never some people have a lust for things you know and and it'll get to be a, a thing in their flesh where they want now new stuff by the spirit they're always grabbing at something else because they don't they're not stable and solid in what God has the basic things that God has in us you see what I'm saying you've got to get a basic foundation that you can stand on every day of the week you know just because you got a few notches on your belt you know you haven't arrived yet there's so much more that God has for us but if you're always lusting for I gotta go here and get this and I gotta go here you don't value what's in you because God is not uh, you can't buy stuff from God you can't extort things from him they come through him in a certain order and you have to really trust God and trust his people you know have a high regard how can you have a high regard from somebody out there when you don't have a high regard for the people you're around all the time you see what I'm saying people are people no matter where you go I remember we were real hot to get to somebody's meeting. We were so excited and so so excited to be there. And this happens to people when you're young and the things of God. And the 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 uh the when we got there, there it was the place was full of disappointments for us. And I and that was when God God told me He said that was never appointed to you to have that. You see. See, you don't have an appointment with something unless God makes that appointment for you. He said, you're disappointed because you never had an appointment. That was never appointed to you. You appointed that to yourself. And so I learned how to step back and value what God had done already. You got me? In us. And then when we got into a place where there was an add to it, was an add to because if you're not careful you discard everything that God's taught you and put in you looking for something lusting for something that's just not there you can't grab from God he has opened doors for you you know I see a lot of people burn themselves out trying to open doors for themselves because they're trying to be the next great something you're not the next great anything many times we'll be doing good to keep keep our own little <laughs> life and live together and do a couple meetings on the side you know make a decent living you know you're not looking to make a killing in this kingdom can't do that you, you know it's 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 foolhardy and I think one of the problems that we have is that there's so much um that we see you know when you see people on television their stuff has been edited it's been clipped the the bad part is taken out the family arguments are never shown the you know the back back behind the scenes fighting is not there all that stuff is never shown to you so all you see is a finished product of somebody looks good and they're out there and there's tons of people there 
Well, that's not really what God is after. That's part of it, but that may not be what it's going to look like for you. You've got to have enough confidence in God to get a vision from him of what he wants you to do and stick with that vision and do what he wants you to do. So <clears throat> oftentimes we look at the seed as something that's undesirable. You know, the seeds don't look like much. Huh? They're small, but they produce great things. There's potential there. See, we have to be people who don't look at what we see, but we need to look at what God tells us is there. Because if you try to look at it for what you see, you'll never appreciate it. So we have to put our faith in the promise in seed form. We have to grab onto that seed as though it is the thing that we're desiring. And that way you'll have confidence in what's in that seed. When the word of God is spoken, that's when it's planted. Got me? When it's planted in situations in your life. That's why most of our prayers are confessions. Everything that's coming to you is in that seed all of the time. It's there from the beginning. So you have to put your confidence in that seed as a certain assurance of the results that you're expecting. That when you say by his stripes I am healed. You should have a picture of yourself before whatever it is happened to you happened to you. Wholeness. Soundness. That, that, that scripture will produce that for you if you let it work its full potential for you. Never put the word on the level of something you have to do and tolerate and put your time in. That word is Jesus. It's alive. You've got to meditate on that until you get a breakthrough on the inside of you where it's real to you. Where it really is what it says it is. I remember a sitting, I was, I had a, um, this week I was sitting and I kept thinking, I said, you know what, my head's hurting. My head ain't hurting so long. And then I started thinking about, uh, you know, when I went to the dentist, I got busted with the blood pressure thing. But, you know, I, well, that's a whole nother, <laughs> whole nother thing. I don't get worried about that. I don't get upset. You understand what I'm saying, folks? I don't run off anywhere. I just let God help me work with it, with what he's given me, which is the word, which is work for everything I need and will continue to work for everything I need. You got me? And so, but you know, sometimes I'll I'll let my mind wander. I say, wonder what this, wonder what this headache is, wonder what this headache is, wonder, 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 wonder. And it was like half the day had gone by, and I'm still trying to investigate this headache. And then I thought to myself, I said, you know what? I said, I already said none of these diseases, didn't I? And then uh, after about five minutes of meditating on none of the diseases, it was like I was a totally different person. See, you can live in that world of of not knowing and fretting and fearfulness and all that kind of stuff. And and you got to watch people around you too, you know, because I've seen people who are 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 
uh, strong in the word get weak because of goofy people around them you know well you know you got to think about the people uh you know what well when uh, uh, uh if anything were to happen to you uh what would happen with this ministry and there's people depending on you and your children need you and all that well that's all well and good but listen if that word cannot handle what i need then i'm this is all bogus from top to bottom you understand what i'm saying i'm staying with the word don't give me this you know keep running to the doctor and keep getting tests and all this kind of stuff i was watching uh zona hey she was on it's supernatural sid roth's program i look up and i see this little lady on there i say she looked like normal i said well that's zona you know what i'm saying yeah she looks different than she looked the la- yeah last time she looks the part huh she looks a little different than last time we saw her but she was sharing things about the uh challenges that she's had with her health and how she was saying the spirit of death has visited her several times and and uh these kinds of things but she was talking about how she fought certain things that were were challenging her and i guess she'd been on dialysis twice in her life i know once she uh had a kidney transplant and then it must have happened again and so she said that she said before i would go for the treatment she said i asked the lord you know well god i know that i'm healed but how do you want me to fight this give me my strategy for what i'm supposed to do and he told her see when you go in for that treatment don't look at what they're doing don't look at those machines draining the blood out of your body and draining it back in you got me and so because there's life in blood and it's a it's a spiritual force whether we like it or not it does have spiritual influence because there's spiritual life in there because that's what really keeps us alive you got me there have been people that have lost tremendous amounts of blood and and still been able to live or not be brain dead and things like that so there is a spiritual life force there well when you see that going out of you all of the time and you gotta sit there for hours those treatments last sometimes three or four hours and you see that going on so she said she put a, they give her a blanket to cover you up because oftentimes your body temperature drops and all that kind of stuff and so she put that blanket over her head and refused to look and the nurse would ask her well Zona why don't you want to look nope I'm not gonna look I'm not gonna look and she did that and stayed in the word until her body took over again and she was healed she didn't need the treatments anymore but see suppose she had gone in there and not gotten a strategy from God see you've got to honor god as as the head of your life that's why i tell people before you submit yourself to man's treatment you need to talk to god about how you're going to get that thing done huh you don't just run somewhere and and submit yourself to man you know the devil loves to see saints coming in there so he can he can get the doctor that's off his game today or the rookie or the drunk or whatever he can get and put him on you if you don't talk to god first and get god involved and let god direct these things for you the bible says to call for the elders of the church and let them pray over you the prayer of faith is what saves you 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 you're not saved by what they do are you kidding me jeez you really think that man can do more for you than god can that's what you're saying when you do those things then after it's messed up then you come to the altar how retarded is that 
You know, you put God last. He's your last resort. But you trust him to take you to heaven when you die. He's your last resort down here on earth. See, that's why you've got to believe in the seed. You've got to have faith in the seed. You've got to believe that once you get that word, meditate on that word and get it in you, everything that you need for what you're asking for is already in there. It's already in that seed that you're meditating on. All you got to do is stay with that seed through the seed time until the harvest comes. Just stay with it and don't let it go. Don't uproot it. Don't kick it out. Don't despise it. So he says some of the seed fell on a rock. Somebody is not careful about how they plant. Somebody doesn't know the value of what's in that seed. It withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns. This is the one that always gets people. These are the people that seem to be obeying God and doing well and then one day they disappear. Because they got thorns. You know what thorns are? They're the, the, remember the, God told the Israelites to kill off all of the enemy tribes that were around them. He said because if you let them stay here and try to get along with them, they're going to be thorns in your eyes. In other words, they're going to put the light out and you'll be blind and won't be able to see your way around. And many people keep thorns around them. Your Christian friends that don't love God like you do, don't know the word like you do, and you try to have fellowship and friendship because you need friends. If that's true, you need to let God pick them. Hmm? Unsaved loved ones thorns because you listen to what they say and pretty soon they start to challenge who you are what you believe their words sink in the words sink in people like to to be important to one another and oftentimes Christians abuse that because they know that that their words have some influence with one another but they have no right to challenge you when you're standing on the word of God if that word is is really being believed now there are times when we're not as solid on the word as we need to be and sometimes people can point that out to us you know maybe you just need to stay in the word more or spend a little more time with that until it comes to pass you understand what I'm saying but there are thorns all around us as you know you go, leave your house and there's a minefield of challenges to what you believe huh? your kids will be thorns to you they can oh mama you know like that prayer stuff huh? And and pull you away. You know. Sometimes they'll live a life. A carnal life. And you'll think that's all they're capable of. You'll find yourself compromising. You know. Until you read your seed of the righteous once a week. And, and then you get reminded. But do you take that away with you? Is that what you believe all the time? Or do you believe they're going to have sex anyway. And, and you know. Give them an extra condom. You got me. So you got to you got to keep this stuff in your heart all the time. You can't let it slip easy to let it slip so you have to watch yourself you have to watch and protect that seed because that seed is everything it's valuable it's worth protecting that seed is going to be what pulls your kids out 
It's what keeps them from getting AIDS and keeps them from being on drugs and keeps them from that seed that you believe is what's going to keep them and bring them back to God. Don't ever stop praying for them to get serious about serving God. You have to settle for, for halfway. God didn't settle for halfway with you. You got to believe him to be able to do the same things with you, with your children as he does with you. You, you can't, can't put them in a, a less capable light than yourself because that reflects badly on God that means that God's a respecter of persons he gives some people a dedicated life and some people they can just only do so much and that's never true and so we have to be careful how we think about these things so the thorns will spring up and choke it that's what's happening you know sometimes you'll be thinking to share the word with somebody and because they're so negative and abrasive and all that kind of stuff you choke it back you know say what what's on your heart to say not as bold as and, and as confident as you used to be the last place it fell was on good ground it sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold so we all want that but we have to understand what the good ground is a good ground is always your heart and what you do to protect it do you hide it in your heart is it in there and not subject to any outside interference is it in there permanently is it in there in confidence we have to sow that seed carefully Consider it precious, even though it doesn't look anything like what it's going to be when it's done. The controversy we have in abortion is when does life begin? When does life begin? Now you've got doctors who've already admitted that they don't believe it's life even when it's outside of the womb and breathing on its own. You understand me? So this is something that's already decided somewhere, but it's not getting across to people. Because everybody has their own idea about when life starts. Hmm? I remember reading a a story years ago when the abortion... um, this was like during the 80s when everybody was, all the Christians were up in arms and there was more hysteria than there was wisdom. But there was a story about a woman that um, uh, was having a difficult time with a child and took it to be killed because abortion was legal after they were born. You understand? A little, little fictitious story, but still. And, and I think people were doing that to show that when, when are we going to say it's a life? You know, you have to make your mind up that it's either a life when it's conceived or after it's viable. How long do you have after it's viable to to take that life away? And so these are things that are, are very important for us to decide. But the seed is viable the minute you receive it. There's life there. The minute that seed is is planted in your ears, there is life there, and it will produce what God says it's going to produce. It is viable then. See, we can't choke it off, and we can't put it, be careless about how we plant it. 
You know, sometimes people want to use the word as a hammer against other people and, and, you know, that kind of stuff and just scattering it in a carnal sense, you know, just throwing it out there, trying to hurt people with it. Uh, You can't use the seed like that either, nor can you inhibit the seed when it needs to be spoken. You've got to pull the trigger and and release that seed out there or the devil will win that one. So you've got to understand that there's there's got to be wisdom uh, on this seed and that that seed has everything in it that we need uh, to to produce the results that we desire in Matthew 13 there's a good parable here about this the seed in 13 I think it's 31 says another parable he put forth to them saying the kingdom of heaven is like unto a grain of mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field, which is the least of seeds. It's the smallest of seeds. He says, but when it is grown, when it is grown, when it is grown, there's time involved here. There's patience involved here. There's diligence involved here. There's all of the fruit of the Spirit that are needed to make sure this seed produces to the degree that it's able to produce. See sometimes people get healed. And then they run off and, and forget that they were healed supernaturally. Yeah. You know that seed never produces all that it's supposed to produce. And then they wear that little healing like a trophy. Well God's healed me before. You know like I've done that. Or I've been there done that. You know. And it's because the enemy has stolen something of that harvest from them. You got me? They didn't get everything out of the harvest they were supposed to get. Amen. For instance, um, Booker T. Washington, you all know him as the, the um, uh, uh, inventor and so forth and so on. But he said he was meditating in his Bible one day and, it, and was God was showing him how big he was and how much knowledge God had and he said he said you're studying here you know in this university and you're doing all these things he said I'm going to show you how great I am he said I want you to take that peanut and I'll show you all the different things that I put in that one well you know the peanut is a seed it's a fruit and a seed many are like that but he said I'm going to show you everything that I put into that peanut and how it can be used and they say he had at least 300 some odd products that he was able to make out of that peanut plant and so when we think about everything that's in a seed we ain't tapped into much of what's in God's word I'm telling you there is more in God's word than we understand there's more in in God's word than we tapped into and until we start understanding what it means to be prophetic people we won't get there because this little shoddy word confession that we've been taught to do is not even close to what God had in mind when he talks about what his people are to do with the word of God you've got to believe that everything that you need is in that seed of the word of God that 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 word that you declare and you decree and you confess and you meditate on has 100% nothing but life in it it will produce 100 nothing percent nothing but good in it and you don't need anything beside the word to add to it to do what you need to have done in your life 
That word is everything. It takes care of everything. So the parable about the seed. It's the least of all. It doesn't look like much in other words. Is what Jesus is saying. And this mustard seed you don't think it's that great. But the people who understand what it is. When they get it. They see that it can grow into a big tree. And he says it provides shelter. And that's what you want out of the word. You want that. See this is the full extent of your harvest. It's not just the seed. And not just the plant. But what it can do for others. If it's allowed to grow to its full. So the word that you have inside of you will provide shelter for others. If you let it grow to the fullest extent. If you let it grow to the full. It will provide shelter for others. The birds of the air will come and lodge in its branches. So they'll be able to find a place of abiding and nurturing and health. Wholeness, soundness, shelter, whatever it is that they need. Be able to find it because the word is productive in you. Because you value the least of the seeds that God gives. 1 John 5.14 says this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to the word he hears us. And if we know he hears us then we know we have. How many times he need to hear you? Well did he hear you? Hmm? you know God heard you because you get a peace on the inside of you when you pray you know you don't get up from prayer until you get that that answer of peace from him <clears throat> there are times where you might have to pray in the spirit you know with your prayer partner a good 15 or 20 minutes before the Holy Spirit releases you that's the bond of peace folks that's that's what he does there you get a release that is done he heard you and it's taken care of and you need to hold on to that. Rejoice in it. Thank you Lord that you've heard us. We're going to get what we asked you for. We expect it. We thank you for it. When, Whenever the word is spoken. All the components of your answer. Are released into the realm of God. That's your yes and amen. God's offered it to you. And when you pray his word. You speak his word. You release everything that you desire. In your petition to God. And he sees it. And he says well this one believes me. So I'm going to have to send this. I'm going to have to work on this word. See. When you ask in faith. You declare the word in faith. God knows that you believe him. And you have that confidence in him. You ask anything according to his will. He hears you. That's why he doesn't hear stupid prayers. He doesn't hear your prayers. Well I'm just. I'm not going to do that no more God. I'm done with them. You know that kind of stuff. He doesn't hear stuff like that. You do that if you want to. But he hears things that you ask according to his will. You know he doesn't tell you to give up. And he doesn't tell you to walk off in anger. He tells you to (laughs) forgive. To believe. Stay put so you can increase. So God gives the increase. If we have faith in our seed. You've got to put your faith in that seed. Our attitude toward the seed is very important. Zechariah 4. Verse 
I know he in here somewhere sandwiched up. <laughs> Come on. Ah, finally. Zechariah 4 and verse 10 says, Who has despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those with those seven they are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro through the whole earth now they're talking here about <clears throat> despising where you begin what God gives you at a start where you first begin to experience God where you first begin to experience life and I know part of growth is is having a, a timetable for your growth but then part of growth is understanding that there's more to growth than size there's more to growth than numbers there's more to growth than a lot of things there's growth in individuals that has there's intrinsic growth things on the inside that cannot be seen and so the attitude is to not despise the day of small things in other words, if you despise the day of small things, you will despise the seed. And you won't grow from there. It's small, but if we'll trust God with it, it will grow. We don't know how, but it grows. The word of God says that. Says that seed grows, we know not how. You put it into the ground and something happens. <laughs> something in God happens. All you have to know is your part. You don't have to know exactly. You don't have to bust it open and look in there and see all the inner workings. But you must know your part as the laborer or as the husbandman, as the gardener, as the one who tends your garden. So you don't know how it grows, but it does grow. You have to have confidence that God will cause it to grow. God must work on it before it will grow. <clears throat> We don't know how that happens, but we cannot despise, overlook, or devalue the seed. You have to hold that seed in high esteem at all times. So once you understand the value of the seed and what's inside of it, it will determine your attitude toward tending it, your attitude toward caring for it. It will determine everything if you don't despise it. People have a tendency to despise their situations because their situations don't change very much. You get a negative attitude about it. Well, when is this going to happen? We all do it. You wonder, when is it going to happen? When is this going to change? When is it going to be my season? When? That's why you get so many people telling you it's your season. Because they're wondering the same things about themselves. They just don't tell you that. Huh? But one of those, another one of those Christian buzzwords, you know. Your season, breakthrough, they all get them off songs. They don't get them from God out of the throne room. They just get them off of whatever's popular. So you have to be careful what you feed that seed once it gets inside you. You have to feed it the water of the word. So the word is seed and the word is water. The more water you add to the seed, you can't drown the seed, folks. In other words, the water is the Holy Spirit. He knows what to what to um, 
use how to use himself to cause growth in your life. And sometimes that impatience is not coming from anything other than the flesh which wants to see money come into your hand too. Your flesh wants to see favor. Your flesh wants to see all of the things that your spirit man has promised. Your flesh wants to see him and he craves them. So that he can try to wreck your life with it. And that happens quite a bit. Happens more than we want to admit. Pastor Shirley was telling me. She said oh boy we got to pray. I saw previews of some reality show about ministers coming on. I said yeah they're all divorced and backslidden. I said divorce isn't a crime. I said but backslidden this is. You're dating all these celebrity women and call yourself a man of God or a woman of God. How do those people appeal to you? You understand what I'm saying? How, how does that? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I told her, I said, well, I heard about a couple months ago. I said, I already put them on my media prayer. I said, but we will put them down everywhere else. Because, uh, you know, I was praying they would be canceled. I'm still praying, cancel before you even get off. Nobody even want to watch you. And write in and make you ashamed. You get convicted through somebody's email. Tells you how to live as a man or woman of God. We live in a higher standard. You don't live in this low life. Your standards are way higher than the world's standards. Where are they going to go when they get in trouble? They can't go to you. You're in more trouble than they are. So our attitude toward the seed is very important. Don't despise the day of small things. You have all kind of people coming around telling you how great you're supposed to be. And what God's going to do for you. And how many doors he's going to open. And all this kind of stuff. And you know you just have to listen to God. You can't just listen to people because they're telling you things you think you want to hear. You have to really listen to God and repent and and be honest before God and say, God, you know, I have been anxious about this. I have not been satisfied. I have not been content. And I just want you, I need you to help me now. Instead of listening to my complaining and, and getting more negative, I want you to help me with my attitude. It's not right. It's not godly. It's not that way. And so these are things that we need to understand will keep us protecting the seed that God has put on the inside of us. The devil wants more than anything to ruin this part of the believer's life. Is our ability to reproduce. Or perverted in some way where we think all we're supposed to think about is material things. And not reproduce after our own kind. You know, reproduce believers who believe like we do. Who are serious about prayer. Serious about winning souls. Serious about winning the lost and helping people who are in difficulty. You've got to believe that God will help you reproduce after that kind. Because you got enough of the other kind out there already. Too many people who don't see things that way. You know, I see a lot of times people, God uses people in so many different ways. And I, I sometimes marvel at the sincerity of 
what I would call secular people versus the church, you know, where, where it's controlled by a minister and a ministry. But there are so many people in the secular world who are doing the work of the ministry because we need as many people as we can get. You know, and many of them are very sincere people and very devoted people. And, and you know, there must be some touch of God there to keep them consistent and devoted you know and and it not be church you know what i'm saying church people and that kind of stuff but even the word that they receive in their hearts is 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 producing for them you know producing and, and bringing forth good fruit and the things that god wants wants to have done I was reading a, um, an article, um, I think I picked up a People magazine, and I saw where you know Kate Gosselin was on the front, and I said, ooh, let me find out what Kate doing them kids. But anyway, there was a, an article in there about Barbara Bush Jr., the uh, 43's daughter. Not Barbara, the other one, Jenna. Bar- Barbara's the one that got married and had the baby. It's Jenna, the single one. And <clears throat> she said that uh, she's... She has a global uh, health corps is the name of her organization. And um, she said that she got inspired. She said, I was on a trip to Uganda with my parents when my dad was president. She said, and she said, I saw people there. And I, she said, I was just captivated by them. See, it was a seed being planted. Now, how many presidents' kids get on them big planes and go here, there, and everywhere and look at all them people and maybe stay in a hotel, don't even go out there where they are? You understand? This is rare, folks. This is rare. And I'm trying to get you to see how rare it is that God's seed will be picked up and valued in seed form and nurtured until it gets to where God wants it to be. And she said that she began to go with a team of people in that country that took them to different places where they would visit the sick or visit the people that that were that the this country has given so much aid to the uh uh to the global aids initiative they we did our own aids you know initiative there and through the bush family has given so much when he was president eight years of aids uh aids research in in money he gave more than anybody did to that um research and all that and to get medication into the hands of people a lot of it encouraged by this daughter and so she said that she had the opportunity to go and visit people and she said I, I i got intrigued by this young woman she said and she was you know she was very tired most of the time she said she would get up and do some things and she's and i understood that she was dying of aids and she said it it really touched her heart because she said and it finally struck me that there are people all over the world who if they just had like a couple of pills a day could live and they are dying and that stuck with her and I think that was in 2002 maybe she was still a teenager at the time or in high school or something well she's 31 years old now but she started this um, uh, global health 
core where they send young people say maybe a hundred young people at a time on trips to countries all around the world to fight for health normal health care in those countries to teach them they have doctors that work with them they she said her her dad gives a gift every year Christmas gift in her mom's name for this so she's got private she said it's a non-profit corporation she has private and she has some grant money but she says that they have a, a, a large demand for that even with all the stuff that's being done now there's still a large demand but it started with a seed that she nurtured in her heart she was an architect she was studying architecture or something like that and she she dropped that it in graduate school and just decided to devote her life to this and found that there were so many people out there ready to help that's what God does that's God folks when all he's looking is for a leader to come forth and he will draw the help to you but he needs somebody that he can trust to be responsible for it and so all of this started out from a seed that was planted in her heart and instead of shaking it off like so many times we do when we see difficulty or trouble or something that's the other guy's job to do that or you know you know what I'm saying it's easy to turn your mind away from it she allowed that seed to grow on the inside of her and now it's a whole initiative um what's her name Una Shriver has passed away like within the past three or four years or so this is a Kennedy daughter JFK's sister um, they had a, a sister older sister who died in a mental institution because back in the day you didn't bring kids home like that they felt you couldn't manage them uh, they felt it would disrupt home life and so that sister and she loved that sister when they would go to meet her they re, she said she remembered the day that they took her away for the last time and uh, felt that she couldn't be helped anymore at home and it, it just tore at her heart and that seed of grief grew into what is now the peace uh, no, the uh, what you call Special Olympics she started having uh, kids with special needs come out to their farm I guess they had this huge farm in Virginia or some somewhere around Washington because that's where they've always worked and she was always the family joke see this is this is the price that you'll pay for nurturing and holding on to the seed and she was so she just felt that there should have been something more that could have been done for her sister so she was inspired by the grief that she had but there was still a vision for a good life a productive life for her sister on the inside of her and that she couldn't help her sister she didn't let the dream die and see that's the amazing thing about any seed that comes into your heart that has the life of God on it that has goodness on it that has good purpose on it that has a productive vision on it, that has God's vision for a human life on it God never creates anybody to just sit around and, and do nothing and wilt if somebody will believe and hold on to God his original plan for that life will come to pass and so she decided to not only do it for a small group of children but she would tell all their their you know highfalutin and rich 
friends, every time they came to that house, she had a spiel for them about this group that she was going to get them out, get them in the sun and let them exercise, let their families bring them out for a day of exercise. She did that every year and it grew into the Special Olympics because there was life on it. And as long as that seed, that vision and that seed was respected and it was held on to and nurtured and not killed by negative words and negative people and bad reputation in the household all that kind of stuff she was able to hold on to that and make something wonderful for everybody that has children and in in those events are worldwide now and that's only been one generation i mean she started that probably in the late 70s or early 80s and it's grown to be an international because it touches so many people because it does have the life of god on it when it has the life of god on it it will fulfill the purpose that he puts it in in this earth but he's got to put it in somebody's heart where it can be nurtured he's got to put it in somebody's life so that they can breathe life on it and they can pray over it and they can meditate and how to make it how to get it happen how to get it out here how to make these things happen these these things are very very important and they all start with seeds seeds often come to people as ideas as dreams sometimes they'll come to them as disappointments failures but there's still life on that seed even though it failed in one situation it can be taken and bring life in another so the seed has to be respected because it's very very important everything in life grows out of a seed is and we've got to have confidence in these things in seed form before they'll grow into anything bigger if that seed is just discarded or treated like it's not important or it's not this or it's not going to grow or you know oh you know that's that's too small to get involved with i'm looking for something bigger you understand how people do things just trash the seed trample it under their foot uh, it's not good enough for me and so forth and so on that that thing will never grow for them it'll never grow for them i've seen ministers do that over the years you know they're so wanting to get to the place that they think they're supposed to be and they'll oftentimes offend people that they consider to be unimportant or too small and little do they know that those are the people that will probably listen to God and send them that check that they need to stay in their building for another month or so or something like that you just, you just don't ever despise anything that God puts into your life but we've got to have confidence in that seed folks you've got to have confidence in the life that's there you've got to have confidence in the fact that God put that in that form for a reason he knows the reason he puts it in that form he cannot bring everything to us full grown that's not his way his way is the way of the husbandman and the seed because that's what God is he is the one that prunes us tends us takes care of us it's so much like God that we would value what's in the seed in seed form so why don't we stop father in heaven we thank you for giving us understanding giving us knowledge helping us with these principles lord they are principles by which we live and we will accept them and embrace them in their fullness as full-grown things father we'll treat the, the seed as the most precious thing because we honor it because you sent it to us 
And because it's it's there for us to learn you, learn your ways. It's your way. And we appreciate it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 If anybody needs prayer, I'll pray for